I want to uh, start uh, a message, and I titled this uh, simply, What Jesus Died For. What Jesus Died For. Father, I want to thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Speak to us, God, and encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you to turn to uh, just obedience to the Lord. Um, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. You know, I was standing there as, as we were ministering to the Lord, and I'm sure He was ministering to us as well. But uh, then I, I constantly have to remind myself, and I need to remind you also what we are really doing and how important this is, what we are doing. Uh, it may look so ordinary to you, but in, in the scope of uh, eternity, this is really awesome and uh, a great privilege for us. You know, we have to remind ourselves so we don't forget. That's why God says, don't forget. Remember. Remember. Meditate. And so you understand what's really going on, what you're doing. So you're not just doing something. And don't understand that these things have eternal consequences, both here and forever. You know, uh, as a, a, a servant of God, John is speaking here. He says, that which was from the beginning, that which was, that's John chapter, first John chapter 1, from beginning from verse 1, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, and we have seen with our own eyes, with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning what? The word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness. Now, who is he talking about? He's talking about the word of God. He's talking about the very word of God. The Word of God is a living being. The Bible tells us the Word of God is Jesus. He was the Word before He became the Son of God. It was when He took on flesh that He became the Son of God for a purpose. To die for your sin. You have to understand. The Word of God was in the very beginning. That's what John is telling us. From the very beginning... He is saying, our eyes have seen the word, the one that was at the very beginning. If you read in Genesis, the first thing you hear is, in the beginning, God, and then God said. And that's the word. And then when it come, came to the creation of man, God said, let us. So there was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in the very beginning. So, John is telling us the mystery of what we are handling today. As a minister, as a pastor, I, I don't take this lightly. It's so important that this is a great privilege that an ordinary man, I mean just a man, can take and handle the word of life. Think about it. And you can know, Paul says, we can't see him. Like they saw him in the physical realm. He says, we don't need that now. But that's what we have. We are able to look at the, the word of life. The word of liberty. 
That's what James calls it. This is an awesome thing for us to have in our time. You need to understand what we have with us. The Word of God. Jesus said many great men and great prophets, you know, Abraham, all of these individuals, they really wanted, including King David, Solomon, they really wanted to see the things that we are seeing in our time. They longed to see these things. Jesus said they will give anything to hear what you're hearing. But look, the way we are understanding that this is life transforming. It will change your life totally. Both here and hereafter. It's so important that you know what you are coming after. That's what John is saying. This is his first epistle. First John, before Revelation. And he's telling you what was in the beginning. And he says, we handle the word of God. You understand? He didn't say Jesus. He said the word of life. He was really talking about Jesus. He didn't understand that the one that was with him, that ate with him, that was the word of God, the very same God that created all things. He said, we handled him. We saw him. We heard him. He was from the beginning. That's what you're handling today. Don't take it lightly. This is so important. It's like coming to Mount Sinai. You understand what I'm saying? And this smoke and all of that, that's natural things. We like those things in the natural. We like this smoke and the thunderings and all of that. And God speaking with a loud voice and everybody shutting their ears. We don't want to hear this. And that seems awesome. But what we have is even bigger than that. We can handle this word of life. It's been given to us. In Genesis, or in Exodus, while they were seen, there was no book to handle. There was nothing to read. They were experiencing just God in the natural. But now, we can truly experience Him in the spiritual realm. And it will affect our lives even right here. So I, I don't take it lightly. I feel like this is, a real, this is an awesome privilege for a man to be able to speak the word of God. And go to Calvert and say a few words in his name. Speak the same words that was from the beginning. And see the impact of it on the man's life. That's impacted my life just by hearing these words. You know, you come into a church and I didn't know that the word of God can transform a man. I keep going with all my sinful self, you know, just keep going and hear this word and over and over again, you go to the crusade, you hear it, and something inside you lives, there is a new freedom, a new joy, a new peace, and you don't want anything to touch it. You want it the way it is, pure, holy, and you're drawn to God and drawn to eternity. Sinful life means nothing anymore. That's not, so, that's not much fun. Going after this new life is a lot of fun because you feel that freedom and that presence of God and that peace. And should I say the joy? I don't know about you, but I couldn't contain that joy. He was so much inside of me. I wanted nothing to touch it. Amen. Your life so transformed, you don't want to go back there. 
I didn't know if I would last for, the one, for a year with that joy. I said, Christian, how long will this last? It was so joyful. Everything looks so beautiful. I just loved God and I loved people. And I want to tell them, hey, come over. Can you feel what I'm feeling? I didn't know how to communicate it. But it's such a, it's such a rich thing to really come to know God. And this same God is able to hold you. And for me, he's held me in his hands for over 35 years. And, 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 and in, that, in that time, I didn't even know I would last for two years as a Christian. Because I was just coming off from my, my sinful life. And that was the only life I knew until I came to Christ. Now, that life is so far and foreign. For 35 years, this is living for God. And all because of the Word of God. Just by hearing this Word. Because the Word of God is God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God Himself. That's why Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, His words, you ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. Whatever you will, that word that was in the beginning, this was the true light that gives light to every man that comes into the world. If you have life, you have life through the word of God. And you came into the world. And the light is in you. And we can give this light away. If we are willing, we can give this life away. It's such a precious thing. When you come to know the Word, and knowing that the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, you know, He dwelt among us. That's God Himself living among human beings as a man. That's incredible. I can't go past that in my mind. To know that right now in heaven, there is a man seated on the throne of God. You think there are three thrones in heaven? It's one. <laughs> it's only one king. There's only one God. And a man is sitting there. His name is Jesus. Came to this world. Why? For what purpose? Why would God become man? Think about it. Why would God come from heaven to live among us? Why? What is it trying to accomplish in your life and in my life? What was it trying to get out of us? Something that was already good in us? Something that was blessing us? Is that why God became a man? To rub off of something that was good in us? No. He came to take everything that was evil out of our lives so that we can have a good life. I think we got it missed up. We, get, we really miss it completely when we go into this religious thing. And we are, you know, going all through all the details. Like, I'd like you to read uh, um, Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah 11. You know, you're going through all this, uh, I think 28, Isaiah 28, 28. Now, you're going line upon line. Precept upon precept, you know. Sometimes Christians do that. And when you go through this line upon line, precept upon precept, sometimes it's not very good. 
Okay? You're looking at me like, huh? <laughs> I thought that's what the scripture says. Let's see if I can find it. Can I just talk to you tonight? All right. Okay. Okay. Let me go to Isaiah 28 from verse uh, 9. Ooh, I'm totally out of my message, but I like this. Amen. <laughs> I'd like to start from verse 9. Are we there? Isaiah uh, 28 verse 9. It says, Whom will he teach knowledge, and whom will he make to understand the message? Now, this is really important because we're coming to that, okay? It says, whom will he teach knowledge? So, God can teach you knowledge, amen? God, the knowledge of God is so important. He says, but God is not teaching everybody knowledge. He's not going to do that. He says, whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? So some people will understand what the message. Others will not understand the message. If you don't understand the message, it will be really difficult for you in life. He said, those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breast, verse 10, for precept must be upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. That sounds good, doesn't it? Right. That's what God says. He says that for, verse 10, for that means because, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little. Very little. So you're not going to get it all in one day. Yes, a little. Yeah, a little. It's going to come together. That's right. That's what he's saying. But then he goes on in verse 11. He says, but with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to these people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause, that God will curse, the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them. Notice, he said, with stammering lips, right? They won't hear that. But what they want is, again, what God already said was okay. Then he says, what they want, but the word of the Lord was to them. Again, precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. There a little. There a little, here a little, and there a little. That should be a good thing, right? But look at what follows. That they might go and fall what? Backward. And be what? Broken. So, here a little, there a little can be good. But other times it may not be that good. You know why? It's got to be mixed with the Spirit. You need spiritual understanding. When he says, with stammering lips, I will speak to these people. In that time, he's talking about speaking in tongues. Read First Corinthians chapter 14. He's talking about speaking in tongues. He says, this is the rest where God will cause the weary to rest. This is so important. 
So what I was saying is, sometimes you analyze and you're doing line, line, and you miss it completely. Make it real simple. Why did Jesus come from heaven to die for us? And why did he take on flesh? I mean, in simple terms, so that we can have a good life. Simple. So you can have a good life. A good life free from all kinds of difficulties. And we're going to go into this because the, part, the message is, why did Jesus die? For what purpose? That's what we want to know. And my belief is, what, what we're saying is what Jesus died for. The purpose is for you to have a good life. If life is not good for you, you define good for you, okay? But if life is not good, something is wrong. You can go to God and contend with Him. That's what the Bible says. He says, you come, contend with God. Show me, bring forth your, your good arguments. God says, in Isaiah, He says, contend with me. Bring your arguments. Be a lawyer for yourself. And let God justify you. So that's, that's the thing. Now, Jesus came to break the curse. To break the curse. Totally to break the curse. That's what the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 3. And then we'll go back to the same scripture I just read because it's really important. A lot of Christians miss that. This is very, very important that you get it. The scripture we just read, line upon line, line upon line, it doesn't stop there. You need to go into the spirit. Because God is seeking those that will worship him, to what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. It's so important. But he came to break the curse. He says in Galatians 3 verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So he died to take the curse off so that the blessings of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles, not blessings, the blessing, he says, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive, what? The promise of the Spirit through faith. Many times we stop at the blessing of Abraham. That's not all of it. But that you receive the promise, that's what Jesus called the promise of the Father, that's a key part of the blessing of Abraham. Every blessing of Abraham comes through that conduit, the Spirit. That you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, the blessing of Abraham. We had a curse, every human being is, or comes into the world with a curse on your life. The curse, the purpose of the curse is to separate you from God's blessings. That's what it says. The curse is right there and you have to pay a debt. You have like a debt that you need to pay. 
Now for men, you cannot pay that debt. It's much too high for you. It's the debt that God only can pay. You can't pay it. But as long as the debt is not paid, you are tied to the curse. No matter how hard you struggle, you're tied to that curse. And once you are tied to the curse, the blessings of, the blessings of God, the blessing of Abraham, cannot be a part of your life. So Jesus came to break that curse. He paid the debt. That's the word redeem. means to pay back what was owed. So Jesus paid the debt that we couldn't pay. But now after paying the debt, we have been released from the curse. We don't have a curse upon our lives anymore. We are released from the curse. He's totally broken. Now, many times Christians talk about the curse, you know, in the past, the curse that's wrong in the family and all of that. Yeah, they will remain there unless you address them. <laughs> you have to address them and let them know they're not part of your life. You can't be part of my life. Whatever reason brought you in, I'm telling you today, I'm getting rid of that. You, go, you out. You can't be part of my life. That's against Scripture. And once you do that, it's broken. Your family doesn't have to live in that way of life anymore. You're broken. It's completely broken. But until you know, until you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, using the Spirit of God, until you know you remain under that bondage. That's why the Spirit is given, and we're coming to that. So it's not only just the blessing of Abraham, but then he added that you might receive the promise of the Spirit, or the promise of the Father, because the blessing of Abraham will only come to you through the Spirit of the living God. That's the conduit through which the blessings come to you. And the Spirit, what it does, He will first inform you, that's the line upon line, here a little, there a little, the Spirit will give you information, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The Spirit gives you information about what your freedoms are. Amen. You can be a slave and know that you've been set free until you believe it and act on it. You still remain a slave. Your ma- the ma- slave master can still have dominion over your life. But if you say no, based on what the law says, I'm getting out of here. There's nothing he can do. He's just be quiet. As you leave. Amen. It is so important. So the blessing is there for us. So the main thing that it has there that is separating us from the blessing of God is the curse. He became a curse for us. So the primary purpose is to remove the curse so that the blessings will come on you. Once the curse is removed, the blessings should come on you. You should demand for the blessings to come upon your life. And as you go to God, these blessings will begin to come. He's called the blessing of Abraham. If you want to understand that, go back to Abraham and see. The first thing is God becomes your God. That comes with a lot of things. When God became the God of Abraham, that's the blessing of Abraham. When God became the God of Abraham, God then was called by the name of who? Abraham. 
he was known as the God of Abraham. When you come out of that situation and God becomes your God, that's the God of Pastor Wendy. That's your God. God is then called by your name. According to the word of God. That's not my word. You inherit the blessing of Abraham. What was that? God became the God of Abraham. Not blessings, but blessing. Where the children of Abraham can say, The God of my father, Abraham. Well, Isaac said that. But then when Jacob came along, he said, The God of my father, Abraham and Isaac. And when Joseph came along, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Amen. You're really smart. (laughs) So he becomes your God, your personal God. Amen. And that comes with a lot of blessings. You can read Abraham's life. I mean, you, you lie and benefit from a lie. I don't tell, I'm not telling you to lie. Amen. <laughs> he lied about his, his wife. And then when he came out of it, he, was, he became very wealthy. You go figure that out. I don't understand either. But God told that king, you are but a dead man. He says, hey, what's the matter? He said it was his sister. I did nothing wrong. Say, yeah, I know you did. That's why I kept you from her. But if you don't release her, that man that spoke, that's a prophet. Because I didn't know it was a prophet. How many of you knew Abraham was a prophet? Uh-huh. <laughs> he was a prophet. So are you. So are you. That's what Jesus said. When you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, you know, so they did to the prophets who were before who? Before you. You're a prophet. Uh, say, who are you talking about? Me? <laughs> I'm a prophet? That's a new name. But please don't go out and be telling everybody, I am prophet. And mention your name. They, your friends will say, you are prophet? <laughs> They don't understand that. That's why Jesus said, don't cast your pearl before. They don't ever do that. Amen. But know it inside. Amen. You are a prophet of God. Amen. Say it. I'm a prophet. Woman prophetess. Yes, you are. That's what God has made you. He made you that. You are a prophet of the Lord God. So the thing is the promise of the Spirit that is tied to the blessing. Amen. I never understood that. I hear people talking, I am the blessings, I have the blessings of Abraham. Well, what about the promise of the Spirit? That's the important thing. Both the blessings of Abraham and the promise of the Spirit. Notice he didn't even say, and. He just tells you the promise of the Spirit. Let's, let's read that again. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a cross from us, so redeem he brought us back. We are free. Say it with me. I am free. You are truly free. There's no curse upon your life. Only the ones you allow. Amen. Only the ones you allow. As far as God is concerned, you have no curse upon your life. I 
And if there is a manifestation of a curse, then you need to do something about it, rebuke it, and get it out of your life. He'll listen. He'll listen. I mean, this is so key. I found this secret. If you don't allow it, he cannot stay in your life. Jesus, he is God, right? Can he come into your life without your permission? No. That's God. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If he's knocking at the door, he's outside, right? If you don't open the door, he's not going to come in. He can't come in. And that's God. Now, what about the devil? He's the same. If God Almighty cannot come into my life, how can a devil, little devil, come in? And if he comes in, I want him out. I just give him quick notice. and tell him, get lost. Amen. He said, thief. That's what Jesus said. I mean, do you, can you imagine a thief coming into your home and you have, you have a, what do you call this, a gun, a shotgun, right? That's what you call it. He's, he's opening, cracking the door. He looks in and he has the shotgun in his face. What is he going to do? Uh, so, excuse me. I'm not... He tells, he tell all his friends, you don't want to go to that guy's house. He has a gun. He's waiting for you. Every time you crack the door, he puts it right in your face. Uh-huh. Amen. But, but, but that's who you are. Amen. You get the thief. He's got to go. And I, I found that secret. If there is a demonic manifestation, all I have to do, he said, no, I don't want that. And when I'm doing deliverance, I usually let the people know that's a secret. Pastor Paul, the pastor in Nigeria, we found that out. Once we tell the individual, tell him to leave you. If they are unwilling, we can't do anything. Amen? But once they say this little prayer and they say, I don't want anything to do with you, then we tell the devil. Well, he just said, uh, he don't want anything to do with you. Now you got to go. And guess what? They leave. Sometimes quietly. Sometimes they rebel and say, I don't like this. And they manifest. But we say, yeah, yeah, we know you don't. You got to go. Do all your crazy stuff and leave. Amen. But they do leave. So you have, as a human being, such authority that God is giving to you. It's what you allow. As far as God is concerned, He has actually broken the curse over your life. He's no longer there. The only curse that can remain is the one you allow or are ignorant of. Once you know what the enemy is, oh, so you are the still have been looking for this stuff. I have not hear heard, nor has having it to our children forever. In other words, through his spirit, when he gave blessing, it's already part of it. As God says, all things concerning your life, what God has planned for your life, he is searching. All things, just like God said in Jeremiah 29, I know my plan for your life. The Holy Spirit in your life, He's searching all things that God has planned for your life. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. He's searching them. Why? For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now... We have what? Received. I'd like you to stay with that word receive. We have received what? Not the spirit of the world, 
by the Spirit who is from God, that we might know what the things that have been freely given to us. So why did God give you the Spirit? So that you might know the things that have been freely given to you. Without the Spirit, you cannot know the things that have been freely given to you. You can't enjoy them. Knowing means enjoying them. Until you know, you can enjoy. And the Spirit is willing to reveal those things to you. And once you discover those things, you begin to partake of God's divine nature. You're not worried about anything. Because you know God is there. You have no concern. The Lord is your shepherd. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you have no concern. Because the Lord is with you. His rod and his staff will comfort you in difficult times. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. All they do is watch you while you enjoy from the table of God that he's prepared. They can't do anything about it. They can't touch you. You're sitting right there. But it says, but we have received. And in Galatians it says, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That we might. But now you have already received the promise of the Spirit. And the Spirit, His purpose is to show you the things, the deep things of God concerning your life that God has freely given to you. You just have to discover them. And through the Spirit. That's why I advocate praying a lot in tongues. How are you going to get the Spirit to reveal things to you? You want to cross your legs like they're doing deep meditation. stuff, And that's how the revelation is going to come. <laughs> I like to see you and I say, boy, she's weird. <laughs> With her legs crossed together and doing all this funny stuff. That's spiritual. You're crazy. Spend that time. Spraying in tongues. It's much time. And then you look at one scripture and you ask yourself, why didn't I see that before? Have you been there? Why did I see that before? Ooh. And then, just like those two disciples on the way to Emmaus, something begins to burn inside of you. And you needed rest, but now you can't rest. You are so excited, you can't wait. Uh, you, you're ready to go to the next town. Amen? And to let them know what, you, what you're hearing and what's happening in your spirit. The new hope that you have, that Jesus is no longer dead. We can take the world. Amen? See, I have a lot to speak to you, but I'm going to stop here tonight and continue. Would you stand up with me tonight? We're going to continue this next week, uh, talking more about what, what Jesus died for, so that we can understand these things and act on it. The th- key thing here is, I do know that because you're hearing what I'm saying, faith is being birthed inside of you. You may not even know, realize that. But just being in the presence of God's Word and just the understanding because the Word is stolen from you when you don't understand. Read Matthew chapter 13. He says, because they didn't understand, the thief came and stole the Word from them. So he didn't bear fruit. But when you hear the Word and you do understand it, he's going to bear fruit. Amen? The fruit is on his way. Amen? 
That's why we speak the word. Because you're receiving the word and God is putting faith inside of you. And we'll see the fruit in the natural. Amen. Would you raise your hands up to the Lord tonight and thank him for what you've heard. And thank him for your great future. Say it all the time. I have a great future. You get the word of God. Forget the normal circumstances that you're dealing with right now. Forget all your limitations. Forget what's happening in your life. Forget the things that men have spoken to you. Forget the things that you are experiencing, the way you feel. Feeling has nothing to do with this. We walk by faith and not by sight. It may be tomorrow. It may be next month. It may be next year. But it's coming. It's on its way. You got the spirit of the living. God, He's living inside of you and He's revealing God's goodness to you. His goodness and His mercy follow you all the days of your life. Even if you are experiencing right now something that is displeasing, something that is bringing displeasure into your life, forget it because God is just taking you through a narrow path to your destiny and it may be uncomfortable, but you're going to get to your destiny because God is with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God died, Jesus came, that you might have life and have it more abundantly, that you might have a well-being in life. It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. It is well with your soul. Jesus is with you. There is nothing to fear. Life is good. Life is great. Because Jesus, who is life, is in your life. You can have nothing but life. Because life is part of your life. And you have the light of God to guide you, to light your path. And all is well. All is well. Let's lift our hands up before our God. And tell him how much we love him. How much we appreciate him. How much these things that we are hearing of that Jesus has done for us. That they are coming our way. That we believe it. We believe it. And if you are struggling with it, let him know. Says, Lord, help my own belief. I believe. But help my own belief. I'm coming there. No one can take it from me. God, you gave it to me. No one is going to be able to take it from me. Jesus is with me. My life is great. God is with me. It's going to be well. It's going to be well. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. And thank you for what you're doing with us. You're taking us to a new place. You're taking us to a land flowing with milk and honey. And no one can take that away from us. We give you praise, O God. By your grace, we ask that you separate us from the things of the world. And the things that plague our lives. And and things that bring us down. And help us to climb. And to look up to our redemption. Thank you, Father. In every area of life, redemption from the curse. So that we can be truly free. We thank you, Father, our God. And we give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.